a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And as always, we got a lot of ground to cover on the fastest 60 minutes of radio as we try to help you slow things down, divide the rage from the reason, elevate the conversation, connect the dots, and help you make the news make sense today. And we're going to focus appropriately at the beginning today on Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Obviously, over the weekend, uh, this has been the the news, and uh, sadly, a lot of people are making uh, political hay out of this, and we're not going to do that today. We're going to focus in this first segment on Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg and look at her life and legacy. Uh, That's the right thing to do first. The politics will take care of itself, and why the politics is so bad, we'll talk about a little bit later on today. But first, we want to just look at her as a a pioneer. She was a glass ceiling breaker, to be sure. Uh, she led uh, the way on many things. Whether you agreed with her uh, judicial philosophy or not, uh, you have to admire what she did and how she did it. I think that was uh, really important. She was not uh, afraid of saying hard things. She was not afraid of engaging in difficult conversations. And there'll be a lot of analysis over the next few days. It looks like her uh, funeral, she will lie in state in the uh, Grand Hall in the Uh, Supreme Court of the United States of America on Wednesday and Thursday uh, and funeral. And then uh, then the politics will really begin hot and heavy after that. And so as we look uh, over the next couple of days over her legacy, uh, I thought it would be really good for us today. Uh, When you look at a person's life, it's really easy to get caught in the biography uh, or the chronology or the series of accomplishments or achievements or degrees. And we could spend days doing that with Justice Ginsburg, with her education, with her rise through uh, the legal ranks, uh, her engagement in the law. Uh, As a woman at the time, uh, she broke a lot of ground there. And, of course, she was just the second woman to be uh, placed on the Supreme Court of the United States. So there's a lot of things to look at in terms of her accomplishments, her achievements, her pedigree, all of those things. But I don't think that's where you really learn the most about a person. I think you learn the most about a person when you talk about their principles, when you talk about their their guiding values and ideals. And often we learn the most about someone, not by what everyone else is saying about them, but we learn the most, I think, from their own words. And so we're going to do that just a little bit today. We're going to do a little bit of Ruth Bader Ginsburg in her own words and see if we can't glean and learn a few lessons from that. Again, you can argue and debate all of the different rulings she had and her positions on different social issues, and that's fine. That is a debate and commentary for another day. Uh, But today we're going to start with Ruth Bader Ginsburg in her own words. And uh, the first thing I want to get to uh, with her is 
Uh, she had this fighting spirit, obviously. She uh, div- went at cancer four different times. And uh, let's start with a, uh, a cut from that. This is from the Library of Congress National Book Festival in, in 2019. I love my job. It's the best and the hardest job that I have ever had. It has kept me going through four cancer bouts. Instead of concentrating on my aches and pains, I just know that I have to read this set of briefs. And so I have to somehow surmount whatever is going on in my body and concentrate on, on the court's work. Uh, I love that's a great model in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a lot of us being really weary from a lot of different things in our lives today for Ruth Bader Ginsburg to say focusing on her work is what allowed her to stop concentrating on her aches and pains and suffering as she went through, again, four different battles with cancer. She knew she had to read through the briefs. She knew she had a job to be done. She had a reason to exist. She had value to add. And that is so important. Often in our lives, we we try to kind of white knuckle it through and just kind of endure and hang on. I think the lesson from Ruth Bader Ginsburg, again, in her own words, was that her four bouts of cancer, it was, it was her work. It was her focus. It was her belief that she still had something to contribute and a difference to make that kept her going. Next, I want to go to some advice she gave for women today in business. This is from a Harvard Ratcliffe Institute of, in 2015. Fight for the things that you care about, but do it in a way that will lead others to join you. Two important lessons there to me. Fight, <laughs> fight for the things that you care about. So she is not saying be some kind of wallflower. She's not saying to capitulate on everything. She's saying to lead. She's saying to fight and do it in a way that will lead others to join you. Uh, man, if we had more of that in Washington, D.C. today, if we had that in our own community today, how would things be different? That we can learn to fight for the things that we care about in a positive way, in a way that will actually create space and allow others to join us. Uh, Next, I want to look at Ruth Bader Ginsburg talking about the meaning of life. This was from Stanford University in uh, 2017. If you want to be a true professional, you will do something outside yourself, something to make life a little better for people less fortunate than you. A meaningful life is one lives not just for oneself, but for one's community. And that's uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg in her own words. That was from 2017 and uh, so many great lessons there. Again, you think of someone who is sitting on the bench at the United States Supreme Court and she's saying, if you want to be a real professional, do something outside of yourself. We talk about that every day on this show. Do something that makes a difference. Do something that repairs the tears in your community. Do something that's going to make life a little better for people who are a little less fortunate than you. That's uh, the meaningful life. And I, I love that she took time to to share those kinds of principles. Again, not something you typically hear when you're looking at uh, nine justices in black robes sitting on a bench. That can be pretty intimidating. You can ask a lot of lawyers who have appeared before the Supreme Court about how intimidating that is. But yet to have Ruth Bader Ginsburg talking about making a difference and and being focused on things outside yourself and lifting someone else uh, is so vital. We've talked a lot uh, starting last weekend uh, when we heard of the passing of Justice Ginsburg. We started to 
have a conversation about her unique connection with Justice Antonin Scalia, also of the Supreme Court, the uh, conservative lion of the court. Justice Ginsburg was really the uh, liberal lion of the court. And yet they had this most extraordinary friendship. Uh, they called it, they said that each other, they were buddies. They were buddies. Think about that. Uh, ideologic, ideological opposition, both polar opposites of the spectrum. And yet they found space and a place where they could listen across their differences, where they could actually connect and have meaningful relationships. And so I want to go to two uh, things of Ruth Bader Ginsburg in her own words. And this was actually part of her eulogy that she delivered for Justice Scalia, uh, including uh, one of her favorite stories. Among my favorite Scalia stories, when President Clinton was mulling over his first nomination to the Supreme Court, Justice Scalia was asked, if you were stranded on a desert island with your new court colleague, who would you prefer? Justice Scalia answered quickly and distinctly, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. (laughs) And within days, the president chose me. I love that. That's part of the uh, eulogy that Ruth Bader Ginsburg delivered uh, after the passing of Justice Scalia. Their their friendship was historic. It was uh, renowned. It's it is a great model. We're going to talk about this later on in the program today. Uh, but I want to to finish this segment of Ruth Bader Ginsburg in her own words, uh, talking just a little bit more about her relationship with Justice Scalia. We once asked how we could be friends given our disagreement on lots of things. Justice Scalia answered, I attack ideas. I don't attack people. Some very good people have some very bad ideas. (laughs) And if you can't separate the two, you've got to get another day job. You don't want to be a judge, at least not a judge on a multi-member panel. How blessed I was to have a working colleague and dear friend of such captivating brilliance, high spirits, and quick wit. In the words of a duet for Tennis Scalia and Soprano Ginsburg, we were different, yes, in our interpretation of written texts, yet one in our reverence for the court and its place in the U.S. system of governance. So many lessons there. Uh, I love the way she finished. And again, this was Ruth Bader Ginsburg in her own words. This was uh, part of the uh, eulogy that she delivered for her buddy, her shopping buddy, Justice Antonin Scalia, after he had passed away. And I just want to repeat her final phrase. Uh, It's something for all of us to think about. She said, in the words of a duet for tenor Scalia, who loved music, as did soprano Ginsburg, We were different, yes, in our interpretation of written texts. So, yeah, they were different. Yet, one in our reverence, in our reverence for the court and its place in the U.S. system of governance. If we can get to that space, if we can get to that kind of place, uh, there will be better days ahead for this country. We can disagree on our interpretation of texts and laws and what programs should uh, be most helpful to the American people But if we can be one in reverence and respect, uh, that's where everything changes. All right, we're going to step aside. When we come back, special treat for you. Live from Las Vegas, our own Tim Hughes getting ready for some Monday night football. You don't want to miss it. Stay with us. 
a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.